0: Okay, welcome to Descriptive. No. No. (laughs) Hey, wow, I'm doing it again. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, my God. Welcome to Reactive, actually. Uh, I'm Khalil, and I'm here with Raquel.
1: Hi, everyone.
2: And Henning. Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing?
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So... So, so we decided to do this this whole. Uh, we decided to be even more unscripted than we currently are, just to try something out. And as a result, we are a mess of giggles. <laughs> and uh, yeah,
2: I didn't write down, down how you're doing, and I couldn't get it out. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly, because uh, actually.
0: We had to write your part of the podcast all the way through, right? Exactly. So I need read. everything scripted. Otherwise, I just
2: go off the <laughs> into the weeds. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so you were just... I mean, you did a good job reading out your stuff, actually, last...
1: Yeah, uh, it was episode. very natural. Yeah. Yeah. Super natural.
0: That's what I'm good at. <laughs> did you but, write uh, this down? No, I'm what? just kidding. Did you write this down, what you just said? Yes. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have every scenario anticipated and written down. <laughs>
0: Cool. This is like a, a, like a scenario tree or something like that?
2: Exactly.
1: Well, apparently, like, SNL is actually extremely scripted, right? I mean, it's it's live, but it's extremely scripted. But then there's a little bit of kind of improv in there as well. And actually, I think I would say, I would argue that a lot of improv is actually quite scripted. Um, but yeah. anyway. That's neither here nor there. What happened this week? What's going on in tech?
2: (laughs) A little blue birdie told me that somebody was wrangling with CSS this week.
1: Oh, my God. That was, like, (laughs) the most viral tweet I've ever done. Like, I understand that people love CSS or actually love to hate CSS. um, But I was just, like, I was so angry with the CSS. I was trying all different things like, okay, position absolute and then position relative and then let's transform this thing and then this and then that. And everything was just breaking all over the place. And I was just like, I hate you, CSS. And so I wrote a tweet about it, about how like CSS just doesn't want to do anything that I ask it to do. And then, and then I'm just like, you know what, I give up. And CSS is like, yay, everything's better again. <laughs> just,
2: just yeah, that was so absolutely brilliant. It. I giggled for... You know, I was chuckling here for <laughs> quite some time. And uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, that got,
2: that got a lot of attention, I think.
1: Oh, it was uh, like...
2: It was a good tweet. Yeah, yeah, it, sure. was fun. it was fun. The like, follow-ups were good, too. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. just uh, lots of great uh, gajifs of, <laughs> exactly. of different things. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the word I use because I am constantly looking for the compromise. That's just my nature. And since no one can agree... On oh, how to pronounce the word. Yeah. Is it gif? Is it jiff? I just say gajif. Gajif. <laughs> just like nagios or nagios. It's nagigios. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what is that? All right.
1: I thought uh, it was nagios. So see, exactly. Nobody knows how to pronounce it. Uh, is so, Isn't it? Is it because it nags you? I have no idea. Anyway. That would make a lot of sense though, wouldn't it? Because it does nag you. So, Khalil, if, you, if, if you're not aware of uh, Nagios or Nagios or Nagios, uh, it's, it's a, a tool ops people use to know if, uh, if certain services are up, if, if certain machines are up, and, and things like that. It's literally the ugliest website front, whatever, that I've ever seen. But nobody uses anything else because it just works, and nobody has time to like, make it better is my understanding.
0: Yep. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. I thought it was maybe like a naggy, very naggy OS
2: or something. Nope. Nope. Backend tool, so it looks horrible.
1: (laughs) It looks (laughs) awful. And they use really ugly red and green colors for when things are up or when they're down. I don't like it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but but hey what, what 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 were you cssing there was that like your the npm website or what
1: Yeah yeah so uh orgs is on its way and so we are sure. we're we're putting on the finishing touches cuz if there's anything I've learned in my years of web development is make it work then make it pretty and then make it fast and so it works now i just need to make it pretty mm. which means poor me has to help out with the CSS. And it's fine. It's totally fine. It just frustrates me. And I just want to flip all the tables. Not <laughs> yeah, I can, CSS I can tables, relate to
2: that. CSS tables. is just, it's uh, not fun.
1: It takes a certain kind of patience, I think.
0: Yeah. Well, a CSS, I, I feel like you're, um, you can kind of CSS yourself into a really bad corner. And then it's really hard to get out of there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But, but, but there's ways to kind of uh, not do that. But you gotta, you have to, uh, you have to anticipate. You have to anticipate that, and then use yeah. strict rules, which is hard because CSS just lets you do anything.
1: <clears throat> yeah, totally, totally. I so I actually have a console log for for CSS where I just do an outline one pixel solid, and then I pick a color and that's my like that's my equivalent of console.log boom or something <laughs> which is what i do like everywhere to be like where am i what is going on uh but it's actually super super useful because a lot of times there's like so much padding or margins or like you aren't quite entirely sure of where the element that you're trying to fix is because css does funky things so just having that like outline like i'll do if I have like like a button inside of a a div inside of a another div or something, then I'll like put like red, green, and blue outlines over everything just so I can really see what the heck is going on um mm-hmm. uh, and that has helped me immensely totally it's really cool um well, good tip yeah, yeah, there's also some really cool stuff about uh using CSS as a testing framework. Have you seen any of that? No. So like things like you you can write CSS in a way that says like if this certain type of element is missing this type of tag, then put a huge like 20 pixel border in bright red around it. And so people can use that to like check to see if they've forgotten to add an alt tag uh, on an image or something. And uh, it's like kind of using the CSS to help you not forget about accessibility or different things like that, which I think is a really interesting way of using CSS to make websites better, even as much as it frustrates us. Cool. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I just need yeah. to sit
2: down and learn it. That's, that's my problem. I just try and try and try until something works.
1: <laughs> Apparently the best way to, to learn it is to read the W3C docs. What? Yeah. Uh. So best of luck. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> good. I'll, wave, I'll wave to you from the sidelines. <laughs>
2: okay. Uh. Also a good way to learn it is just to use bootstrap. Yes, that's what I do because I would <laughs> otherwise just not be able to do anything. So, actually, I don't know why people I, give it so much so much grief. I mean, it's it saves people like me. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, you mean bootstrap? Why yeah, people,
0: yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of uh, uh, like the CSS kind of enthusiasts. I'm sure that like they would like to strangle me through the podcast. Say you know when I say stuff like. Just use Bootstrap <laughs> because, <laughs> because, yeah. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of those people that you know like really are like really know CSS really well and and have are passionate about how the code you know is, looks and structured and all this kind of stuff. They don't like um, Bootstrap. I think I I I honestly I have a little bit of a problem of really identifying why some of, some people are so um strongly against people using Bootstrap, but I think it has mostly to do with the fact that most developers who use Bootstrap pull in the whole framework, even though they might just need like two percent of it. Right? And then you have all the CSS that's unnecessary. And and I think that's that's a big uh big point that people are criticizing. And then also uh that People don't take the time to customize the Bootstrap uh, yeah. look, and then everything looks like well, mm. we, that we don't really have that problem anymore. But when boot, Bootstrap two was bigger, so there was just like the whole internet <laughs> just looked
2: like the, <laughs> the Bootstrap web, Bootstrap website
0: was terrible. I hated that too.
2: I didn't yeah. like it
1: at all. It's yeah, probably also
2: part of the the, the, the the same, you know, the general anti-framework or this framework or that framework. Mm-hmm. um sentiment that yeah. a lot of people have, you know. So
0: but I would argue that Bootstrap is actually a really good um tool set. And that that you um but I definitely think that you should be careful. Once you go into production you should be definitely checking what you're actually using and just import the stuff that you actually need. Yeah. And not not just throw in all of it in there. Yeah. Because yeah. that's really just unnecessary.
1: Yeah. Totally. Totally, totally agreed with all of that. So Great. So, <laughs> so what else that's, has happened this That's week. settled. <laughs> 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 All right. So CSS over.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I actually also
0: I did something similar in the in the Slack chat. I solved um I solved the, the editor wars.
2: Oh
1: yes. Oh yeah.
2: Did you see that?
1: <laughs> yeah. I did. Yeah. That was that was that was magnificent.
2: That was pretty good. You, did you, you make you that a GIF or did 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 you find that?
0: <laughs> well, actually, it's not a GIF because it doesn't move. <laughs> uh, at least it's not an animated GIF, but it's not even a GIF. It is a ping jiggy, a
1: a ping, a pong, a pang.
0: Yeah, but I made that because I have this wonderful software on my pewter that's called Meme Generator, and I can do I can do those things
2: that was pretty funny <laughs>
0: <laughs> no yeah no but because i learned i learned about through our slackers i learned about neovim and neovim can be embedded into all the things it's embeddable so i so apparently you can embed it into all every literally everything and uh so i found out that you can actually embed it into itself which must mean that because that's doubly like that's because Vim is pretty good, right? but when you have like it it's embedded in itself, it's double as good, and you have like double the features and shortcuts and stuff, so I mean it's a clear winner, so I thought, awesome.
2: right right <laughs> yeah, if, so-, if, so to know what we're talking about, you either have to join us on Slack or I don't know, maybe <laughs> maybe we can post the picture somewhere, but uh, it's pretty funny.
1: But to me, it's kind of like an Inception sort of thing. Have you, have you seen yeah. the film Inception? It's yeah. like yeah. you're just going deeper and deeper into Vim and then deeper into Vim and deeper. And then and before you know it, there aren't enough colon cues in the world to get you out.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. Yeah, if you uh, embed enough Vims into, into Vim, then maybe at some point you will find enlightenment or something. I oh. think you must. <laughs> or your head will explode.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Something. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. I i I'm I'm really enjoying our Slack right now. There's people are starting to to start like start having conversations and they're starting to like kind of feed off of the things that we've been uh talking about on the podcast and obviously in in this case we've gotten ideas for what to talk about on the on the podcast from our Slack channel. Uh, <laughs> So if you haven't joined it yet, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Come join us. Yeah, uh, but you're
2: absolutely right. It's starting to feel like a like a little community almost. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Pretty
2: cool. And <laughs> since we're talking about that, why don't we announce the two new members for this week?
1: Yeah. And yeah.
2: Shout out to Bricks and J H K. Uh oh. They're actually what? three. 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 Andre. I one. Oh, Andre, I'm
1: so sorry. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> yeah. We haven't but see but we 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 didn't forget. We just you know, because the the episode's not over yet.
0: So, exactly. we totally remembered. You totally remembered the the hive mind remembered. Exactly. Cool. <laughs> cool. cool. And pretty cool names i to so. say. Bricks. sounds pretty cool. JHK so I, so I, so I clicked on his uh on his name and it says John H Kennedy basically. So, Respect, respect. (laughs) Um, So maybe he. I I I wonder. Is he going to be president soon? Then in the U.S. Isn't that like with us? Does that mean when you have this? I mean,
1: so so his middle name is not. It doesn't start with an F, which means it's it's uh, it's close but uncertain. I don't know. I think the Kennedy legacy. I'm not sure. The U.S. politics system right now. I mean, Donald Trump. Anyway, um, who knows? If this is this is not appropriate conversation <laughs> for this podcast. We we'll we'll just to assume that he'll
0: be uh, the next uh, president or f- a future president. Good. Yeah, yeah.
1: I I I bet he'd be great. <laughs>
0: for sure, of course, of course, he's a he's a JavaScript programmer and he uses reactive programming and stuff. I and Vim, that's right. So it's it's clear, right? clear yeah. winner. Yeah. <laughs> so big ups to uh to Briggs J J J H K JHK and and uh, Andre. And Yay. Yay. Very
2: cool. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right,
1: so what other what other cool fun uh tech stuff has happened? Like any new frameworks, any new what have what have you what have you both like found? What have
0: we done recently? So I found a cool article by Mm. no i saw a cool tweet that i liked and somebody tweeted out that um, a link to an article that was written by kent c dodds and um kent is i know him as the host of the podcast and like hangout google hangout podcast thing called uh, angular air and where he has really interesting guests every week and it's it's always Angular related. And uh, he wrote this article um, called First Timers Only. And it's um, a pretty cool idea. So he's uh, he's the maintainer of, I think it's called ngFormly, which has something to do with, some kind of uh, <clears throat> uh, thing for Angular and Forms, obviously, uh, according to the name. <laughs> and he said, that he he really values you know um the community and people helping out um with with open source and and his his software and everything and he made this this issue um he opened this issue that was made for first timers so only first time open source contributors were allowed basically to uh to take on that issue. And he had a very specific way, um, like he would put a lot of information about the issue into um into that, you know, in, into the issue description and basically explain exactly what needs to be done and how all those uh, all this stuff works and where they can get more information you know about contribute contributing in general and um and yeah it's just very very thor- thoroughly kind of uh documented everything and and then uh, that that actually got somebody to or multiple people i'm not sure uh to contribute to that issue and 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 do their first kind of open source contrib- contribution and uh it has been picked up i think by by the hoodie hoodie people um mm-hmm. And also, I think, by PouchDB, I think they also created an issue like that. And I think that's a really cool idea to kind of to get people in. Because I think that's for people who have never contributed to open source and are maybe new to GitHub and stuff, it might be, yeah, I think it's just always a big question mark, you know? How do mm-hmm. I get started? And how does this all work? And am I good enough? And stuff like that, you know? So.
1: Yeah, totally. I think this is brilliant. Um, I'm looking at the article right now, and it, it is it is super super smart. At npm, we have uh, labels that we put on some pull requests or on some issues rather that are it's uh, contr- a contributions welcome, which is kind of our way of saying hey, we don't have time to work on this, but it's pretty straightforward. And if somebody want- from the community wants to Try it out, like go for it. but I think what this does it goes a step further mm-hmm. in that saying, if you've never done this before, here's where you get started and um, and and it seems almost antagonistic for for Kent to have tweets that are like, if you've ever contributed to, to open source before, don't don't touch this issue. this isn't you're not allowed to touch this one yeah. I will only accept pull requests from people who have never done anything before. yeah uh, but at the same time, it's extremely inclusive in saying, "Hey, this is a safe space for you to have absolutely no idea what you're doing." <laughs> exactly, and we will help you through it. And that I think is really kind of nice. Yeah, um, yeah, I yeah, think, I think it's super, it's really super
0: super genius, nice. and it just gets more people. It just gets more people in, and um, and and mm-hmm. teaches them a little bit. And also, yeah, it also basically says, "Hey, like this is exactly how you do it. You don't really have to think about, you know." what what the, I think it's not it's mostly it's not a really uh, um difficult kind of issue that needs to be solved or whatever so so the programming part is not is not super challenging and it, it really guides them gets gets them into this whole kind of culture and uh I think mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. actually I think this is really important that this is done so that so mm-hmm. that it gets easier for beginners to uh, to get started and it just goes faster because I think, I think for me, it it was also it took a, a long time until I actually kind of felt like I figure I kind of figured out how this all works. Because it's just like basically the feeling is that there are, all those projects are out there, and 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 basically mostly, you know, anybody is welcome to kind of basically say take on an issue or take on an issue that's labeled help wanted or or just go into the issues and ask for you know hey I'm here I want to help what can I do and stuff like that like that's that's basically always welcome but if you don't know that then it's mm-hmm. it's really hard to 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 see the opening you know where's the opening to get into this in a serious way or in a in a really way
2: where you can really help especially you exactly. know yeah, it gives you a nice on-ramp, and it it helps just onboard more more contributors to yeah open source in general, I guess. And I had the exact same same experience when I, when I started. It was just kind of scary and like oh uh, you know <clears throat> where do I start and what all do I have to do, and if you sort of get get encouragement like that, I think that's fantastic.
1: Definitely, but especially because yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry.
2: Yeah, as a project maintainer, you just also have to have the time to do that. I mean, I think he actually even made a video, didn't he? That showed certain things on what's supposed to be done.
1: Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. 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 I mean, so for me, my first time that I... I started using GitHub with my own personal projects. I didn't even bother contributing to anybody else's projects because I was so terrified. And then when I finally did... I think I remember putting in a a pull request to something. It was like a documentation pull request and it was like immediately shut down. People were like, no, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) So I think, I think uh, it's really easy for somebody to have a bad experience and then never come back. Um, But if somebody has a really good experience the first time, then it's more likely that if they do have a bad experience later down the road, They'll just be like, well, whatever. I just won't. I just won't participate on this project, and just focus on the good projects of uh, where good project means a project where there's a, a healthy community around it of you know respect and uh, and and stuff like that. So uh, I am all for helping more people get involved in in open source in the friendliest, most inclusive way possible. So, yep. Bravo, Kent Dodds. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome.
2: So I came across another little open source thing that's um, uh, something in the Ember Ember community, and uh, I I guess other projects have this problem too. But in in Ember, because it was moving so quickly um, for the last year, you know, there's a bazillion blog posts out there showing you how to do something, but most of them don't don't have um, the version that is associated with the blog post like with which version of ember does this work and um that is something i mean i i try to do that myself um because i i i just know the pain i put a date on the on the blog post and i put on Mm -hmm. what version of the software that i was using to explain this because it's the worst thing ever when you're trying to to research something and you Start reading halfway through, and then you realize, ah, okay, this doesn't apply, you know. So um, these guys, I think Mixonic, I'd have to figure out what his actual name is, came up with this idea to basically create a repository um, where they create Ember version badges, and um, they encourage people that write blog posts to basically embed or embed these these uh, these version badges. In the blog post, so people know <clears throat> what um, what to expect right from the get go. And if you need a badge that doesn't exist yet, uh, you can open a pull request and uh, get that done. And um, then basically embed that new new version tag in your in your blog post. And you can keep it up to date. Hopefully, you will and um, help out that way. I don't know how that is in in uh, in other. Things like Angular is moving really fast now too. I don't know how they're doing it with the documentation. Uh,
0: they have they have versioned documentation. At least for Angular one, they have like documentation that gets that gets kind of um, that get generated out of their code. That's also why, that's also a big reason why documentation always used to be so bad. <clears throat> but they always have documentation for every single version of Angular. So right, far.
2: and it, that's yeah, that's the actual documentation of you know that that yeah. Angular puts no, for out. For blog
0: posts, there's there's nothing yeah. similar like that. But this is yeah. a
2: great idea. This is really good. Yeah, yeah. So the guy's name is Matthew Beal uh, or Bale. and uh, I just saw that a few days ago, and I, I really like that. It's very helpful because that's yeah, was one of the biggest frustrations when. One one sort of trick I used is basically to to limit your search to a specific date range when you know I I need stuff from the last 3 months or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then just dial that in so you don't get anything other, you know, nothing that's older than that. But um this is even better. This is So excellent. if you're writing ember posts, put that in there. Yeah. Yeah,
1: totally. I we had a very similar issue on a when doing Node back in 2013, 2012, like people would write documentation, but Node was moving so quickly at the time that if it was more than six months old, it was completely out of date. Like you couldn't trust it at all. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, aha. Um, so yeah, no, that's that's great. I wonder if there's a if there's a reverse kind of setup where you can go to a repo and just find links to all of the documentation for a a given tag number, Ooh, that and would then be you awesome. could just be like, because then you could be like, okay, I only want stuff that's for this specific uh, this version number, and because a lot of times, like one thing I've learned is that companies don't always Like it's not always safe uh, if you have an application in production to be on the greatest, newest, most you know uh, up to date thing. Sometimes, sometimes you have to be back a a few versions. Like there was a period of time when Happy was just zooming right along, new version, new version, new version. They were all breaking changes, and we just could not keep up at all. And we were stuck on an older version of Happy for uh, I want to say like six months and. So, like always, always, always whenever I wanted to like see what was going on in documentation, I would have to explicitly choose the older documentation number or version number of the documentation but that but I could, and that was super useful, so yeah. uh, it'd be neat if, if you could do if you, if it could go both ways
2: yeah really if if um you said, give me all posts for this specific version exactly be really cool, yeah
1: yeah. All right, somebody build it. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: So that would be like
0: a website or like a repository or something where or people something. Could kind of could could kind of put their links into or something. It could actually be like a repository. You just create a Add PR links, and yeah. put your link in there, and then people can search it or something.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or or if there was something special about the the tag that then like kind of in the same way that like Google Analytics will let you kind of put certain things onto certain pages and you can say, okay, this is like people have clicked on this link a zillion and five times. Uh, yeah. if when you're adding the the badge, it calls home in a way exactly, that allows you yeah. to kind of like automagically see yep. all of the oh. posts with that with that badge on it.
0: Yes, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: That'd be cool. That'd be super cool. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that would also encourage people to use it because that way they get more exposure. So, yeah, all good, good all around.
1: (laughs) There you go. Somebody go build that and get your Y Combinator Series A funding of a billion gajillion dollars. You're very welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Buy me a puppy. (laughs) Actually, don't buy me a puppy. I have two. I don't need any more.
0: Uh, that's already out there. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> no, well, Henning, that's uh, that's that's a great thing for you to do at night. Right? Yeah, I, I have nothing sleep. else
2: to do. I <laughs> mean, you know. <laughs> cool. Yeah, this week, um, uh, forest camp got canceled. So, yay me! Right. No. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah, so we're doing bike riding, but well, that's that's fun too. It really is amazing. To watch a child learn to ride a bike. I was just sitting there today and it's it's really incredible how that just works. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I know it sounds weird, but it is it's truly amazing.
1: And the best part is you'll never forget how.
2: Yep, exactly. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway.
0: What are your puppies going to learn to ride a bike?
1: You know what? I keep asking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> when are they gonna get a job? That's my question. Oh, that's if right. They're, they're lazy. Just
0: they're just hanging out in your house.
1: Exactly. Dog dog So I had an idea last night of a uh of a of a like Chrome plug in that I'd like to put together, but I have zero time right now. So I'm just gonna announce it on this on this podcast and hope that somebody inspires me to like helps me find time to build it or somebody just builds it for me that's also an option um, so what I would like is I would like a, a plug-in that when I'm so you, you know that you know that plug-in that you can use that uh, on Facebook you're sick and tired of seeing like pictures of babies and you just want to replace them with like <laughs> kittens or something <laughs> I want a plugin that takes uh, contributors on github that I don't really want to see their names and their faces like because they're just really mean or like I just you know they don't actually say anything interesting and either removes them or just turns them into like a like a a cat and then (laughs) and then changes their name so that I never actually know like so that I can continue interacting with people on on different issues and things but I don't have to be all like uh, you said something mean to me at a conference once and I just don't want to have to deal with you as a result. Because <laughs> okay. on a project, you have to continue working with people, especially if it's open source. But sometimes you just don't really want to interact with a certain person for whatever hmm. reason. Um, but in order to keep the, the you know open source world moving, you have to interact with them. So yeah, ch- I would much ch- rather...
0: Should change yeah. their 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 face like their avatar into like a kitten yep. avatar, and then and then the, whatever they write shall always be translated into like meow 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 <laughs> meow
1: meow meow. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so perfect. <laughs> I mean, I'm ignoring what they're saying anyway. Um, <laughs> there you go. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, sometimes it is it is genuinely interesting and and useful stuff. But we could also just change their username to like meowzeroni or something <laughs> i don't know
0: <laughs> very interesting hmm
1: i just think it could be useful i it maybe not as useful as as changing all the babies in your facebook feed into into cats um but uh, i don't even have to be cats it could be it could be i don't know pigeons or puppies or panda bears i don't know it, does, it doesn't you matter
2: can configure it However you yeah. feel that day. Today I want yep. pandas. And you have your exactly. blacklist, right? So
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there
2: you go. So do you, ha- is th- mm. does this has happened
0: a lot for you?
1: Not a lot, but it's the sort of thing that I think kind of talking about uh, how some projects have a lot of like really amazing people on them in a really great community. And then some projects are not so great, but maybe you're, you care about the project or whatever. And it, just be nice to not have to deal with people that you don't want to have to deal with, and and then just focus on the good people that you really enjoy interacting with and mm. and having fun and 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 pushing the project forward no matter what. Hmm. So, I think I think it's a thing that some people would would like to have. Not all. Sounds some. like
0: you know that some people would like to have that.
1: I mean, yeah. I yeah. think I think there are some people who would like to have that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I know. I know that some people would like to have that. I yeah. think it'd be good to have it. So, huh?
2: Yeah, I mean, I there's filter. there's people that are you know have a lot of um, popular repositories, I guess, and I have seen quite a few tweets in the past, you know, where they just, you know, sort of almost rage quit Twitter or something like that, and then post some kind of um, post a a link to you know some extraordinarily rude comment by someone on on GitHub, mm-hmm. you know, in a conversation, and you're like, what? How is this even possible? But it happens, and it I guess totally it happens does. a lot. I mean,
1: I mean it, happens, it happens enough, and it, it yeah. happens especially to, to certain groups of people, um, and it, it's just the sort of thing that's like most people, I, f- I truly believe that most people on the Internet are good, wonderful great people that I would love to hang out with and have coffee with any time of the week but there's that tiny few who are just so awful that you're like go away yeah. <laughs> but you can't necessarily say go away maybe because you're not in charge of the repo or whatever um, and and you just want to continue your life you just don't want to have to because you can't just leave the room right in the same way that like if you're at a party and there's like some, somebody who's just super drunk and just like, you know, falling into you or something like you can't just walk out of the room. You have to, you either leave the project entirely or you put up with it. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to leave the project entirely. And I don't want to put up with it. Maybe there's some middle ground here. So right. I think, I think that'd be really, it'd be nice to have more kittens on the internet. <laughs> What's the internet yeah. without more kittens?
2: Turn it into something fluffy and fuzzy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad that that happens, but um, that is a good idea. Yeah. If you just need uh, need not to get in a bad mood because you want to work on a project.
1: <clears throat> exactly.
2: Yeah.
0: I. But are we talking about? Because because I saw some. Because uh, I saw that uh, Sind, Sindra Sörhus. Do you know? Do you know him? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He. Uh, like a month ago or so he tweeted he tweeted some links or some screenshots from some comments and like pull requests that he got from some idiot that was always just writing so you're gay or something like that into uh into the comments i mean just like completely just disruptive and Mm -hmm. and like and 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 rude and whatever right like like (laughs) crazy and uh but is it is it this kind of stuff, or is it more like just people that, you know, are not that rude that they have to be kicked off but are still kind of annoying or something like that? Is that what you mean?
1: Yeah, like I mean, I think if somebody's being intentionally awful, they should just be blocked. Like right. remove them from that GitHub. Like they have no business being in that community at all. Yeah. But if exactly. somebody's just like like there's always that one person at a party or something who's like, well, actually, the thing you wanted to do is not actually that. You want to do this other thing. Let me tell you how much smarter than you I am. Blah, 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 oh, blah, blah. blah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, okay. they mm-hmm. show up on GitHub, and they show up everywhere. And you're just like, man, I don't want to deal with you today. I actually, want to turn you into a fluffy kitten.
0: Fluffy kitten. Or they could also be, uh, you know, this monocle guy from, from Monopoly.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Like, Mr. Moneybags. The, the,
0: the well-actually guy, you know. Mr. Moneybags. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah.
2: yeah Yeah,
0: exactly something like that so something something with a monocle that's like oh um, well actually
1: (laughs) exactly so you know it's 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 the people who who you're not like they're not actively disrupting your entire life but they have a tendency just kind of put you in a crummy mood and you're like i just don't want to deal with this today Like, I understand that you prefer the slightest different shade of blue on this, but I I don't have time for this right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So into a fluffy kitten you become, and moving on. (laughs) Yeah,
0: cool. Good idea. So a call out to all Chrome plugin developers.
1: Yeah, or Safari, or Firefox. You know, that's
0: fine. They can make uh, some... some, uh, some some uh like friends in very high places when it comes to open source development
1: <laughs> i <apparently>. think so <laughs> so so if i have time i'll i'll build it but uh if you have time dear listeners i will y- and you build it then i will use it
0: so so there you go. there you go <laughs> and of course there must be a github repository for this and if you use that plugin on that GitHub processor something special must happen. Oh, inception!
1: Yeah. <laughs> neo vim 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 vim. <laughs>
0: Suddenly a vim appears in your face or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Oh goodness!
0: The friendly vim ghost.
1: So what else?
0: So what else? I. I learned that uh, you can use uh, ES6 in, in in gulp out of the box, which is pretty amazing, I must say. Because I, really? I out of the box. <clears throat> Sorry.
1: Out of the box, just like straight.
0: Yeah. So so uh, I found a colleague of mine found this blog post because I was I was uh, writing. A little um, Yeoman generator for for at work for our project for other developers so they can start writing apps with the stuff we're building, and um, it so and I wanted to use so it doesn't come it doesn't use it didn't use Gulp out of the box the generator didn't but I introduced Gulp into that thing and I was just like frustrated about having to write ES5 because because <laughs> so like so used to now writing ES6? Well, yeah. Well, I just kind of, um, how do you say, uh, got, uh, you know, got the taste of it from from writing ES6 <laughs> in our project. And I can't, and I, now I, I always want to write ES6. Like, it really gets you addicted because there's, so, not even like, not even like, you know, like, the super complicated features or whatever, but the, just the simple things like arrow functions or, you know, the, the kind of improvements they 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 brought into object literals, for instance, right so do you know about them like uh, for instance, you can write so normally if you have an an object literal, you would write um you know key, the key of whatever pro- property you want to write, like for instance, blah blah blah, and then colon and then function right so if, if you if you add a function into an object literal, right? Yes. Right. So, and in ES6, you don't have to do anything. Key colon. You just write function function name, and that's it. And then comma, and then put in the next property. And if you have, like, if you have a property that is in a variable that you want to that you want to add in that has the same, and the variable has the same name as the key in the object literal, like foo colon foo, you only have to write foo. You know. So Mm -hmm. it it's just it's just it just makes a lot of sense once you start using that stuff and of course arrow functions are nice cuz they're cuz they um have the implicit uh this binding um of the lexical scope and you just write less so it's it's a lot ter- it's a lot terser and uh and it's it's just nice, and and kind of, and I I kind of because because we're we're using ES six in our main application and stuff. I want to write as much ES six as possible, just to 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 practice it. And um, so I was wondering, okay, I'm writing this Yeoman generator, which is a Node module, uh, Node package. Um, how can I write how can I do write ES six code in my Node package? Because we're not using I O J S, we're using just the latest stable uh, Node. Mm-hmm. distribution, and uh, <clears throat> so, and then looked into how do you, you know, can you do, can you use Gulp, and there is a way, and that way is to just install, of course you need to install uh, Babel, or Babel core as a, as a dependency, but once you do that, as a dev dependency, and once you do that, you can just um, change the name of your Gulp file to gulpfile.babel.js, and that's it. And you just write ES6 code in Gulp. It's pretty cool.
1: Wow. Mm, nice. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. So I think I'm, I'm interested to see how long it takes for the JavaScript community to transition from ES5 to ES6. Mm-hmm. Because I, I started writing JavaScript in 2013-ish, and that was when it was like, the end of the transition from ES4 to ES5. Like people were still using use strict in a few places, but for the most part, people just kind of stopped caring about ES4. Mm-hmm. Um, so my whole JavaScript career has been ES5. And now I'm like, oh it's coming. ES6 <laughs> is coming. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm curious to see, because like especially at NPM, everything is in JavaScript. Like 90% of, 95% of our code is JavaScript. Mm-hmm. So transitioning from ES5 to ES6 could be really interesting to see how, how, we, do, do how we do that yeah. if we decide to do it. We might decide not even to bother. Yeah. But it sure. could be interesting. So. Yeah.
0: But I think that as soon as some people at NPM start writing uh, ES6 for whatever reason, mm-hmm. that will creep in. It would just will creep in because I feel like I'm, I'm just like, I just don't want to write ES5
2: and annoyed with ES5. <laughs> so if somebody takes a sip from the ES6 Kool-Aid, it's It's done. over. Yeah. It's oh, over. Oh, no. No.
1: <laughs> oh, goodness. I'm the type of person, though, that as soon as something becomes like really popular, I'm just like, nope, I'm not using it. You can't make me do it. Like, it even in elementary school, do you remember Tamagotchi's? No. Do you remember that the yeah. little like digital yeah. pet thing? Yeah. Everyone had one, and I was like, "You, you all can have it. I don't want it." <laughs> and I just, you know, I'm like, I'm like too cool for school, man. Just don't, <laughs> I don't even want it.
0: But you're aware that you're working at a JavaScript company, yeah?
1: Yeah, no, I know.
0: <laughs> one could argue that's pretty popular.
1: No, no, it's fine. no, it's pretty. totally it's fine. <laughs> no. Okay, maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so um, and because I'm addicted to it, I also, I started, uh, last, last time I, ta- I told you about this um, module that I started writing that pre-configures Browserify with Babelify, Babelify and Xers, you, you know the story, right? Yes. A- and so Ugly I actually finished it. bye. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I added, I added another ifi, which is watchify, which is also really important. Like if you wanna, um, if you wanna watch your like watch for changes and then recompile your code um, again and again, then it's good to use watchify, which wraps around browserify, but introduces caching because when you have a lot, really like a lot, a lot of code. And your 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 um, first build, um, your first browser build takes like 30 seconds or something like that, which could happen with a lot of code. Then, when you use Watchify and you change a file, then the rebuilding of um, of of your of your 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 your, your bundle will take uh, just a very short time, like 100 milliseconds or something like that. Yeah so so I introduced that and that that uh, module is done so um I really have to kind of battle test it a little bit still but it's on npm it's called esnow and uh yeah I would encourage people to to to, to try it out uh so basically what it what is what it does is that you can you can say esnow-e and pass it in a path to an entry file entry file and then uh dash o um, and pass it the path to you know your um, where you where you want your band your bundle basic to your bundle and your your source maps to lie and uh, or to end up and and that's basically it and you can pass the dash w for watching and you can just integrate that in any project it's, it's, I think it's a very quick way to to like if 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 you want to prototype something or you want to introduce ES6 into your project quickly, and you need to compile your ES6 code for the browser. Then, um, and you don't have like fancy transforms that you need in there. That's a very easy way to just uh, to just get started. Introduce it, introduce it into your project maybe with npm. I also put that in the readme, and just you know configure it with npm. So you so you have an npm npm script you can run to uh, to do that, and then. Um, you could just hack away on um, on ES6 code and you can use node packages, right? You can install dev dependencies or dependencies into your, um, into your project and you can import them with the actual ES6 um, module syntax, right? You don't use var blah, 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 equals require da, da, da. You just use, you know, import, I don't know, for instance, uh, chalk from chalk and uh, and it's just very cool. I I really en- also enjoy the, the 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 module syntax. It's really cool. And
2: um yeah, you can
0: get started with that really quickly
2: now with this module. This is your your personal project, right? Mhm. This is not uh um, the thing that you guys are going to use for the uh, Angular project at work. Well, we use basically the same thing in the project. We use Browserify and
0: Watchify, and we just have a bunch of more, a bunch more transforms in there.
2: Mm-hmm. Some like. Isn't Angular 2 gonna come out with its own build tool?
0: Uh, they're coming out with a yeah some Angular CLI thing, but that's going to be
2: uh, later. Yeah, that's uh, that's in the works. And, right, because uh, I heard uh, Stefan Penna, he's um, the Ember CLI guy. Mm-hmm. He said he had a meeting with uh, Angular guys, and they were talking about how how to refactor Ember CLI to be used with Angular. I thought that was really interesting. Oh wow! And then the base for that, I guess, is broccoli, but that's you're not using that, right?
0: No, we're not using that. Um, but for now, since the mo- like. J- the JavaScript code is going to be the most code that we ha- we're gonna have. The .es6 files, and since Watchify kind of uh, compiles only what needs to be compiled, that's I don't think that we'll get into the problem that Broccoli solves very mm-hmm. very quickly. You know. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, would be fine. But we definitely once Angular CLI or whatever it's going to be, or Ember CLI for Angular is going to be released. We are going to take a hard look at a uh, hard look at it, as uh, definitely, and see if we want to adopt it or not.
2: Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Well, curious to see what kind of adoption your your project gets. I like the name; it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks.
1: Yes. Now. Yes. Now.
2: <laughs> the
0: future is now. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: No, I think that's awesome. Cool. Super, super awesome.
0: Hey, did uh, we never mentioned that uh, did we mention that Ember is 2.0 now? Actually, did we talk about that? Um
2: I don't I don't think so. But they didn't well they awesome. did make a big deal of it, but they they sort of played it down saying that um <clears throat> it's not really a you know, hey, we got tons of new features. The the interesting part about this, I think, is that they essentially it's just um cruft removal is what they called it. Um all the deprecation Warnings that they've been putting in, all the stuff that's deprecated is now truly removed. So, Ember basically just the code base got smaller, and um yeah, stuff got taken out. Nothing got added.
0: Well, honestly, to me, this is amazing. I really think this is so so cool. Like this is, um, this is. I think that's why I wanted I wanted us to to, to mention it because. This is this is how you this, this is just there's so, there's so much care and so much thought went into this you know like getting everybody on board with deprecating the features in the 1.x releases and and being very clear about how you you know what you need to do in order to adopt the new style of doing it and stuff like that. And then basically saying, okay, now when we arrive at 2.0, all the features have been added before that. And 2.0 is just removing all the old code. So you have you have uh just less Ember code and it's all modern and and it just takes everybody, the the whole community can can so easily kind of just join into that step by step with the deprecations and then you know and and it's for most uh projects for many projects going to be very very easy to uh to get onto the 2.0 and then from then on go go along with that i think this is i don't know it just it just feels so inclusive and so positive and so um right you know like uh, I think it, I think it's really really amazing that that they do it this way, and it's the first project that I've ever seen that that did it this way.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree, and it's you know for somebody that's not a front end expert, um, it it is amazing how how well written these deprecation warnings are, and they sometimes even just point you to the documentation article with uh, expanded uh, information on how to. Fix the deprecation. It, it was just, it's nuts. I mean, <laughs> all software should be like that. It's, yeah. it's really cool. Just yeah. makes it, that's yeah, amazing. makes it extremely easy. And yeah, you're absolutely right. So, yeah, so that's, I can it, confirm that.
1: It sounds like, like documentation done well, which I think that's like one of the number one things that people, uh, that, that developers just kind of are like, well, I don't really need to worry about this right now. But like, if you think about it ahead of time long enough, then you can you can execute on something like like what Ember did, which is uh, to have enough foresight to appropriately document everything, every step of the way, in a way that everybody's on board, everybody knows what's going on. It's extr- like the communication is really really clear, which I think uh, a lot of projects don't really do that because they don't think about that ahead of time. They don't think about Oh wow! This is going to really suck for our users when they have to upgrade. Um, it's people are just so heads down, trying to focus on. Okay, we gotta, we gotta get the the latest version now. We gotta make this work. We gotta da 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 da. And then, and then it's like you know, major release day, and everyone's like, uh, I don't have time to sit around and talk <laughs> yeah. with this. This is the worst.
2: <laughs> right. Yep. Exactly. Which is so sad. Yeah I, ha- yeah, I haven't seen it done anywhere close to, to like this. I mean, I've, I've you know used other frameworks in, in PHP where you you basically have to go through the release notes when you are upgrading, and here, yeah. you you know you basically open up the Ember Inspector. That's even more clear, um, and that's the thing that gives you the links. It basically lists all the deprecations in your app. You just click through them, and it takes you straight to to the docs uh, on how to fix that or change it and that that to me is just amazing awesome yeah that's developer that's, happiness yeah it's 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 really <laughs> de-
0: developer happiness that's their that's their main kind of uh user group basically i mean the only <laughs> cuz it's yeah. used by developers and they're really really thinking about how how can they, can they make uh developers lives better and they really keep in mind that people are working, you know, using Ember in big projects, and they use it in their own big project, and they just uh, keep updating it with uh, with all those helpful messages and stuff like
2: uh, yeah. Yeah, I, and I, it goes I, even always further. Just right? In awe when I see that yeah. stuff. It's, it's they even have uh, they even have some plugins that for the simpler deprecations they will automatically get fixed. That's even that's more crazy. It's, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ember Watson, mm. I think it's what it's called. And it will, uh, oh, yeah, auto fix <laughs> some things.
1: <laughs> nice. Watson? <laughs> <Is> this... <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, uh, I, 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 th- I really, I'm glad to see the transition from, well, you're a developer, you'll figure it out. Here's our 10 billion pounds of, of documentation uh just find whatever you need in there versus hey we know exactly what's wrong here's everything you need to know to fix it like carry on you know what I mean like there's there's it's I, I I ranted earlier this week about how I'm so sick and tired of having to wade through miles of documentation just to find the one thing that I need. And it really shouldn't be that hard. Like, I get it. You left your your documentation to the very, very end. But I shouldn't have to be, like, I shouldn't have to spend the hours and hours that you couldn't spend uh, in order to figure out what I need to get done. Because I'm losing productivity by going through heaps and mounds of documentation when I really just want to be productive and I just want to get through, and then and the other thing is that like I think I think we've all you know noticed is that if you're a happy developer uh, using certain tools, you're going to tell all your friends about them, and then everyone else is going to use it. Whereas if everyone's like, oh, uh, the documentation for this one library is just the worst, then everyone's like, oh, uh, I don't want to waste my time with a really badly documented piece of software, and so then no one will use your software.
2: Exactly. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
1: rant over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh. Well,
0: so so anyway. I I stumbled across uh, the TXJS videos. Did you guys see that? I saw a tweet. Oh no, I haven't. I haven't watched them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little JavaScript conference that was organized by, I think, mainly uh, Alex Sexton. I guess there's also mm-hmm. other people, but he is, he seems to be the organizer, and um, he—and uh, there was uh, there's some really cool talks. So there's Tom Dale, is giving a talk, a uh, very nice uh, talk about uh, Ember, and kind of uh, it's it's uh, it's interesting because there was so there was Tom Dale, there was um, the Angular guy from Angular JS, um, Brian T Ford, and then there was Pete Hunt who used to work. Um, on react but now has you know works uh, at a startup or something but he was kind of the the kind of the the spokesperson for react when when he was working at facebook and all those it's interesting just to see their development and how they're talking about inclusiveness and working together and stuff like that so there's some really cool talks there jen schiffer is giving a t- uh, gave a talk about arrays which also very fun and uh what else did i see um oh Jake Archibald my, that talk is amazing. You you got to see the Jake Archibald talk. He's talking about progressive enhancement basically because there's been uh, he's he's often involved in like little Twitter back and forths with um with like the old timey uh, oh, web yeah, developers, that. right? <laughs> that are complaining about JavaScript uh, stupid and we should, you know, let's... It's not well, part of the web. Yeah, let's just do HTML, you know? And, um, and then there's on the other side, there's like Tom Dale who is like, <laughs> i don't he's he could be pretty rude <laughs> when he responds to those people and he's like fuck you guys well we do everything in javascript and um and then uh and he's kind of he sees himself in the middle and he said because there, there's also i think uh what is his name? I forgot that also a guy named Keith something. Uh, he's, he's also, um, been a web designer for a long time, did a lot of work in the web. He's from the UK and, uh, he's always talking about progressive enhancement and that JavaScript and people who write a lot of JavaScript, they don't think about that. And, and he, he's, he's the service worker guy. He was working on service worker and uh, that that has now la- landed in chrome and will soon land in firefox and if it, enough people use it it will also land in the safari and and um and service worker really helps you to basically to to make your app work offline because you get kind of a programmable pro- programmable cache and you can you can just uh can just pull down assets and and serve them locally from the browser if you don't have internet and stuff like that and he basically he showed off how you can do that and um and it's just amazingly entertaining like he's really like he's just very very funny and also very informative at the same time so i absolutely recommend that talk
2: cool gonna check that out yeah
1: yeah yeah, that sounds fun. Sounds super fun. All right, well, I think, I think that's our time, isn't it?
2: It is pretty much. But I got something, something tiny. We got some love on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, we got our first reviews in. Uh, John Four or John K4, I believe maybe that's John Kennedy. I don't know. <laughs> he says, uh great panel, great content. He gave us five stars. He says, great group of people talking about the latest and greatest in web development. Uh, pretty cool. And then Lewis uh Cowper. We spoke yeah. with him on Slack. He says, great podcast with great people. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed listening to the podcast, and it feels like being part of a great group of friends, all chatting about something that I care about or that I like. It's a really nice way to pass an hour or so, and I wish them every success in the future and hope to hear more of them. Isn't that cool? Oh, That's so
1: awesome. That's Aww. so nice. You can't, you can't see me forming my hands into a little heart shape, but that's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, <Yay.
0: laughs> That's awesome.
2: <laughs> Thank you, thanks Thank a lot. You. That's really
1: awesome. Now tell your friends and get more listeners. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> All, All right. So serious.
2: hey, yeah, and you know you get a yeah. shout out on the on the podcast. So absolutely, thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Cool.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. So I think we can wrap it up. That was uh, reactive episode insert number here, and. uh <laughs> 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 you can uh, the show notes with uh, lots of uh, interesting links uh, pertaining to what we talked about will be at reactive audio and uh, you can you should totally join us in the Slack ch- channel uh, you can talk to us on Twitter at reactive pod and uh, yeah that's it for me
1: yeah cool. I'm uh, uh, totally reach out on Twitter if you want to chat with me directly I'm at rockbot but Otherwise, it's really easy to also get a hold of me in our Slack channel. That's really the probably the best way to get a hold of any of us <laughs> at yeah, this point. At <laughs> yeah. this point, yeah. All right.
2: So, all right. I'm H. Gladdergatz on Twitter
1: if anyone wants
2: to chit chat. Um, but uh, other than that, we'll talk to you guys next week.
1: Bye, everyone.
2: Bye bye. Bye.